Many times we need to keep our health in check, but don't know what questions to ask or where to begin. We walk in blindly to our health care provider and walk out none the wiser and maybe even more confused than before. Can you take charge of your health and arm yourself with the questions and preparedness you need? The answer is yes. Welcome to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. This program will answer your questions and give you the best practices for facing your medical partner in good health. Now, here's Dr. Susan Downs. Welcome to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan. We have discussed with our guest uh, many lifestyle and environmental uh, things that could affect our health, diet, exposure to toxins, environmental pollutions, and these all have adverse effects in our lives. Dr. Bredesen even commented how toxins, possibly even electromagnetic fields, could contribute to the progression of autism. So let's look a little bit at electromagnetic fields. Studies have shown electromagnetic fields lead to mitochondrial damage, oxidative stress, DNA damage, immune disturbances, leaky gut, leaky brain, neuroinflammation, and these are all the culprits and things that are involved in the uh, lead to chronic diseases. So a question, does these invisible things called electromagnetic frequency, can these affect our health? Well, WHO classified electromagnetic uh, radiation as a possible two level two carcinogen along with DDT. So this has to make us at least question. Then we can look at the studies. Hardell in Sweden showed that cell phones increase the risk of glioma and acoustic neuroma. Also, other studies looking at the brain, four hours of exposure per day disrupts the human brain cell's ability to repair damaged genes. And that low-level EMF uh, makes the blood-brain barrier of rats permeable, so all the bad things get in. And then rats that are exposed to electromagnetic frequencies no longer remember locations to previously familiar cases. But the, the issues and studies don't stop there. Studies on sperm show that electromagnetic frequency decreases the motility, the number of sperm, and abnormalities in the sperm and oxidative stress, which we know is a recipe for further diseases. And exposure to uh, electromagnetic frequencies may prevent egg implantation, like if it's done two hours previously. Many guests have talked about sleep, how important that is in our health. That's when we're supposed to have this restorative period to take care of the problems and toxins we may have accumulated the day before. But cell phones interfere with sleep, the delay sleep onset, and the waking sleep cycle. But more concern is what did it do to pregnant women? Studies have shown, uh, there's Hugh Taylor at Yale and Sukumen in Turkey, that it affects the cognitive abilities of the offspring. Uh, the offspring are born with increased anxiety and ADHD-like symptoms. They, people, they can be hyperactive with impaired memory. Uh, this sounds pretty alarming. Now, you might say, well, this is nonsense. The studies show that this is not a major issue. But the guidelines, at least in the U.S., were set back in 1996. And would you want to fly in an airplane where the standards are 1996? And they looked at heat as the major cause. But heat is not the major problem. It appears one of the major problems is the fluctuating level of frequencies, especially when there's a weak signal and your device is looking for a cell tower or a strong signal. 
So what's, what do we do about this? This is pretty uh, scary. There's also a set of people who are electromagnetically sensitive. So we're going to look at this a little further because our guest today is Guy Hudson, who has been pioneering various remedies to what do we do to protect ourselves. I mean, we're all going to be using these devices. They're not going to go away. But how can we do safe tech? How can we uh, live in this sea of wonderful modern technology and protect ourselves at the same time? Well, Guy has been working very hard on that issue. And a brief history of Guy, he worked as an engineer in structural design to make cars safe. Then he worked on IT for the design of motor cars and then in general IT in management. He traveled a lot. And the rest of the story I will um, leave to Guy. So, Guy, welcome. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. Okay. So tell us, tell the audience, how did you get involved with your concern for electromagnetic frequencies? Uh, Tell us about your experience and uh, what has happened to you? Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, yes, at university, I studied physics, um, and a big module in that is electromagnetism and electromagnetic waves and also quantum mechanics. And they're all closely related, and particularly uh, quantum mechanics with the interaction with electromagnetics and biology. So um, I worked as a straightforward uh, vehicle engineer doing mathematical simulation of crashes and things like that. Um, And then I uh, got ever more um, senior roles in doing um, IT strategy and fixing IT problems until uh, I got a job um, in Sweden working for one of their big companies. And 50 meters from my desk, there were 32 cell masts on test, blatting away full power. What is a cell mast for the audience? Oh, okay. Well, um, when you use your mobile phone, there's a network of transmitter receivers on the top of a of a pole or mast. Oh, you mean a um, cell tower? Yes, a cell tower. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. That's just yeah. Sorry. This is um, well, we're two nations divided by a common language, aren't we? Really? Um, yes, yes, we sure are. <laughs> so I grew up. So I'm English. I'm British. I grew up near Oxford, um, and I've lived most of my life um, in England. Although I've visited. America many times and I've worked for um, American companies and uh, so I, I, I feel I know uh, the US um, quite well meanwhile and I have a lot of friends there um, so um, where were we yes yeah, so I got, zapped. I got zapped by 30 cell masts just across the road from where I was working and um, the I, I I didn't know then, but I, I know now what to call it. It's called brain fog, and it's to do with the mitochondria. The, the micro, mitochondrial action to generate energy for the cell gets disrupted in a number of different ways um, because the number of interactions between electromagnetic waves, i.e. Wi-Fi and, and um, cell phones and that kind of thing, are very many different types because you know, the body is so complex, there are so many different um, chemical reactions going on, and um, they're all pretty badly affected by this stuff. And um, it's one interesting thing that um, microwaves aren't just used in ovens, microwave ovens, but it's that narrow band of frequencies, which is uh, just below infrared. So you've got light, 
um, as a, a narrow set of ray, you know, the rainbow, the, the spectrum of light. And then if you go down below the red end, i.e. when the frequency is a bit lower, you get infrared or below red, and that's heat energy. And we get a lot of that from the sun and from all our heating systems and all of that kind of stuff. And that actually, because we have evolved with that, um, it means that our body um, is very happy with infrared radiation. But because microwave radiation is absorbed by water, and that's how a microwave oven works, you know that um, the bits of food with water in them heat up, your glass of milk heats up, but the actual glass that it's in doesn't, or the plate it's standing on doesn't heat up because there's no water in it. Now, what that means is that um, the waves don't travel very far because there's water in the air, water vapor in the air, there's moisture in the air. And that's really great for if you've got lots of, you've got a city with hundreds of uh, Wi-Fi transmitters or mobile phones, the waves don't go very far, so they don't all interfere with each other. And so, um, micro, so telecoms engineers use microwaves because they're absorbed by water. There's a slight problem with that. Guess what? 99% of us, by the number, counting the number of molecules, is. We are 99% by the number of molecules, water. So if you're in a room with a microwave transmitter, i.e. an oven or a microwave or Wi-Fi uh, transmitter, we are the biggest absorbers of all of that, apart from the pot plant as well, I suppose. But, you know, we are the biggest uh, absorber of that. And not only that, we are not protected. We're, we're not, our bodies are not used to having to protect ourselves from that. It's only in the last generation, the last 20 years, where the amount of um, microwave radiation has gone up so so very very strongly and everybody is affected there are a number of doctors that have done tests on um, immune function to find that there is if anybody any anybody at all is put in a, in a microwave field i.e in a, the field of a, a cell master a mobile phone or a wi-fi transmitter they they have changes to their blood um, which is seen as an immune response now, sometimes that causes symptoms, um, which are very recognisable, um, and other uh, and and people who respond like that are called electrosensitive or electro hypersensitive. Um, and more and more people is slowly, slowly, people are beginning to recognise these terms, um, and uh, it's uh, it's it's what happened to me, and so I. Having worked in this environment, with it absolutely saturated with um, with with mobile phone radiation um, from the cell towers, um, I had two years of of, of uh, great discomfort. So I had cluster headaches. I had brain fog, so I just couldn't think straight. Um, and I had I couldn't sleep either. Um, and I had massive headaches, cluster headaches. So they were migraine. It was trigeminal neuralgia. And um, and yes, and ME myalgic myalgic encephalitis. So um, the um, so I spent two years um, in denial, thinking, "No, guy, you can't be electrosensitive because it means you've got to give your job up, and you can't give your job up because I used to like my job." Um, and it took me two years to sort of wake up to the fact properly and not be in denial. And then as soon as I switched off. All my sources of microwaves and um, 
constructed what's called a Faraday cage or uh, shielded my own um, bedroom, um, I started to get better week by week. Um, and now I live, um, I have to be careful, um, but I live a very normal life now um, and uh, able to go on the train to the big city and or travel by aircraft if I'm really careful. Um, and um, because I wear protective because I wear protective clothing, and uh, which works very well. It just reflects the microwaves away. Um, so uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting journey that I've been on, um, and one where um, as soon as I'd fixed things for myself, and I find this with other customers, the immediate um, impulse is to want to help other people in the same situation. So that's really what I've been doing for the last seven or eight years, um, and being a sort of practical engineering type used to kind of finding solutions and answers i've actually developed a number of number of techniques to improve how uh, shielding works and uh, also um, something called electromagnetic hygiene so how you use your well anyone who's brought up a youngster knows how much effort there is in hygiene and washing hands and toilet training and and uh, eating cleanly and all that kind of stuff um, and it's the same thing's got to happen with use of technology now um, in order to make it to make or to reduce your um, exposure, your everyday exposure. You can reduce your everyday exposure by a factor of at least a thousand times uh, if you're careful. Um, and that means you know, using using your computer wired and um and, and so on. There's many, many, many different things. I would like to interject and say something here. Uh, the electromagnetic hypersensitivity, this is not a small group of people. The estimates have been from 1.5% of the population in Sweden to 13.5% of the population in Taiwan. There are a lot of different symptoms, which Guy will get into. And there's actually something called in Korea called digital dementia. I mean, up to, you know, it's, it's very similar to dementia, autism, and there's a very high use for mobile devices there. Other things I'd like to point out about the cell towers, this is not, not something benign. In San Diego, there is a fire uh, department, and they put cell towers on top of it. All the firemen got sick until they removed the cell towers. Even more interesting is I interviewed many farmers in Switzerland, and they didn't know what was happening to them, but they all got sick. Their animals got sick. Their plants got sick, so we just can't say it's all in their head because they're plants and animals as well. Well, there was a man that went in and did something called uh, biological geometry, and he managed to address that situation so they're feeling better. So anyway, this is a serious problem. So, uh, Guy, what were your symptoms other than the electro smog, I mean the brain fog that you had when you had these problems? Brain frog is pretty serious. You just sit at your laptop wanting to do some work and you can't. Your thoughts don't work. Um, and so you become kind of, um, your brain becomes completely um, disoriented and, and just you're just not able to function as a person. And um, so that's bad enough. But um, the migraines, so I had migraines one side, then the other, uh, trigeminal neuralgia, which is... Um, uh, well, extraordinary pain. So it's like someone driving a nail into your eye, eye socket. Um, yes. 
I've had and that. It, I know it. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. You know what it's like. So I oh, suppose, yes. um, yeah, so that, uh, what is it, uh, female uh, women who have had this said that the pain is worse than childbirth. I'm afraid I'm not able to comment, you know, I'm not able to confirm that, but um, <laughs> it, it's... Uh, it was excruciating, absolutely, utterly unbelievable. I went to a doctor and he said, well, Mr. Hudson, you know, um, on a scale of one to ten, well, how much does it hurt? And I thought, you cheeky person, how dare you? It's a hundred out of ten. You know, you, it's so bad you can't describe it. It is really, really bad. And actually, um, it's made a lot worse by, um, you hear some really tragic tales. Um, there was a girl in England who committed suicide. Um, two years ago, she was 15. Very, it very. It is known as a suicide disease. If you look up trigeminal neuralgia, it's also called the suicide disease. Right. I, 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 I can absolutely believe it. Honestly, I mean, I've got a, a very loving family, and I, goodness knows what I, I would have done if I didn't have them. Um, and um, the uh, this this lovely young girl who was very, very talented and pitched to go to university and all this kind of stuff. Um, ended ended her life because the teachers wouldn't listen to about her headaches and that well, they would refuse to switch the switch the Wi-Fi off, which was causing so much pain. And um, it it um, the the problem with being electrosensitive is that a lot of people, a lot of people's partners or family don't believe it, and um, they they're not supported in any way. And and I'm afraid. Um, a lot of people end up getting treated as if they have mental problems, um, which doesn't really help at all. Um, so the the symptoms, the classic book on the subject of electrohypersensitivity, um, lists a hundred symptoms, and and really every every system in the body is affected because. Um, some way or another, different frequencies will actually go right through your body and affect affect every system. I mean, one example about sleep disruption is that the pineal gland in the middle of the skull has got branches of the optic nerve. So to tell the pineal gland that regulates sleeping and waking, um, whether it's daylight or not. Um, but microwaves, which equally affect the pineal gland, um, actually pass through the skull. So that if you've got a microwave transmitter, you've got your, I don't know, your mobile phone under your pillow or something, it's constantly telling your, your pineal gland that it's daylight, stay awake, stay awake. And um, so that's why it's terribly important to, especially while you're asleep, you're, you're sleeping hours, um, to cut back on the radiation so that you've got time to heal. Incredibly important, that. Another thing is cordless phones, I understand, because they are two-way microwave radios and they're going 24-7. So uh, cordless phones, I think, can be even worse than cell phones. And in a lot of these studies, I think that could be a confounding factor because, you know, it might be measuring people's use of cell phones, but are they accounting for the use of cordless phones? So I mean, even, it's cordless phones can even have a higher risk of adverse health effects. So I guess you would recommend to get a landline rather than a cordless phone. Yes, that, that leads me to say a whole, whole host of things, actually. Um, yeah. So when you've got a cordless phone, there are two parts to it. One is the base station, the base transmitter that you connect to your phone line. Um, and then the others are the handsets around the house. Um, and the handsets have got their own charging cradle, typically to keep the batteries topped up. Um, 
and so that that transmits so your your handsets when you're not on them don't transmit they are just dormant there but the base station keeps blatting away night and day and um with all of these things distance is your friend so the further you are away from a transmitter the weaker the signal and because the um the transmitter that's on all the time unlike most phone cell what did you call them not cell masts cell towers towers most yes most cell towers are um at a distance typically you know between 100 and 500 meters say um or half a mile away um they they're much weaker the signals are actually much weaker than the signals from your own in-house um cordless phone and also the patterns of the signals so they they pulse um to give the data which tells you what you know what what you're trying to communicate your voice um is broken up into little packets and and sent on little pulses and it's those pulses so if you could imagine the average power density the average power coming off a candle and the average power off a strobe light or a, say a camera flash um the camera flash or the strobe light it's just instantaneous whereas the candle carries on on and on and on for many hours um but they could have still the same average power it's just that it's very very peaky um if it's the strobe light now the strobe it's the strobe light that causes the problem so um whereas the candle doesn't because it's just to such little power so well, I just want to make the point that the pattern of the communication the pulses that are coming out of these digital devices um is critical to how much they affect you um and so that the actual patterns coming out of the cordless phone transmitter um are particularly are seen as particularly likely to cause disruption to biological systems um the other point is that um many people consider um hypersensitivity electro- electromagnetic hypersensitivity like any other allergy like a food allergy like gluten or whatever and um the best way of the standard way of curing um there are many different ways of curing and making people less sensitive um but of all of them you have in common that what you first of all do is stop the person eating that allergy stop eating gluten or whatever if it's a gluten allergy and so they get right away from it so that you actually have a rest from the the toxin and it's the same with electromagnetic radiation so if you can get people's um radiation exposure below their trigger level below their sensitivity they're not their immune system isn't going to be triggered all the time and it allows time for the body to relax and and heal itself now the level of sensitivity if 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 you're constantly being triggered normally the level of sensitivity the trigger level goes down and down and down in other words weaker and weaker signals trigger your sensitivity and your symptoms and when that happens it means if you get down to the level so if you take the example of a cordless phone it might be that your immune system's only triggered when you're holding one of these things right by your head but if you keep on being overstimulated and over have too much of this you will eventually get more and more sensitive until you are sensitive to devices that are going 24 hours a day so in your home that's your wifi transmitter and your cordless phone and once you become sensitive to that as i did that really means you have got you're in for a lot of trouble because your symptoms just get worse and worse and worse so yes, there's no place in this planet that you can get away from cell towers 
because in the even I think in the Himalayas and very remote places and in the mountains of Switzerland, they're everywhere. One interesting yeah, fact well, I yeah. find is that in 1996 in the U.S., they passed a law that you cannot stop the placement of a cell tower for health reasons. You think they knew something? Yes, I think they did. Um, and also, um, I think that the legislation being proposed for 5G in the States um, is... Um, um, it's not is the same basis apart from near um, firemen's uh, firemen's stations fire stations um, because of the problems that they know and they know that the firemen's union would would uh, come out against them yeah it certainly seems to be a problem other countries have a different approach for example in Israel and France they don't allow Wi-Fi's in preschools, and children are particularly sensitive. Their, their heads are smaller, their skulls, the protective skull is thinner, and it can penetrate through their brain more quickly, and their cells are dividing quickly. Belgium, yes. apparently it's not legal to give a child a cell phone. And in Turkey, it's illegal to advertise cell phones to children. So some countries are actually recognizing this and doing something. Absolutely. Um and Britain started to do something um, in the 2000s, um, but it's just gone by the wayside. Um, what stopped so, them? Um, it, oh, industry lobbying. I mean, it's the biggest industry the world has ever known, the telecoms industry, much bigger than defence, um, even bigger than food production or the monetized part of food production. And so um, tiny little crumbs off the table of their marketing budget gets get used to disrupt um, campaigns um, um, so that, you know, it just, and, and also there is the case that um, a lot of media like newspapers uh, get a lot of revenue from advertising cell phones and therefore they don't like to, to, to upset their, their, their funders. Okay, we're coming close to a break. Uh, looks like we're just about there. So I would like to say that one thing in the United States, uh, our head of the FCC was a very strong uh, cell phone lobbyist. And I think he's been, you know, I mean, so I think the whole thing is just a mixed picture in the U.S. if you've got the primary lobbyists that are running the Federal Communications Center. We're at a break now and we will be back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You probably don't spend too much time talking about that place down there. Why not? There's now a show where that's mostly what we talk about and so much more. It's the Womb Happy Hour with host Lorraine Giordano. 
It's all about your body and the magical power you possess. Guys, you might want to tune in too. There's no reason to be squeamish. Listen for the Womb Happy Hour, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs. We'd love to hear from you about today's show. Send your email to Dr. Susan at OccupyHealth.com. That's Dr. Susan at OccupyHealth.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Occupy Health. This is Dr. Susan talking to Guy Hudson, who is describing the difficulties of people who are sensitive to electromagnetic frequencies. I mean, we might have thought, well, this is kind of bizarre, but when a whole, many farmers in Switzerland start having these brain fog problems and these very serious health problems when the cell tower goes in and they're animals and plants, and many people are complaining about this, this is not something we can discount. We need to be aware of this and more sensitive to it, especially with our children. So uh, our children are in, at increased risk. Absolutely, of course they are. Um, they're growing fast, their cells are dividing faster, um, their, their skin, their skulls are thinner, um, and uh, they're just a lot more susceptible to damage, which is going to um, affect them later in life. And um, my own personal view is that um, a lot of the disruption with um, ADHD and, and autism and all that kind of stuff um, this is a contributory factor. I wouldn't Absolutely, say Absolutely, because yeah, Hugh Taylor yeah. at Yale was studying, and he found that the offspring uh, did have hyperactive type um, reactions. And I think Martha Herbert, who is at Stanford, very mm-hmm. definitely thinks there's a connection between autism and EMF. Now, EMF is not the only contributor. There's so many other toxic things running around our environment, such as glyphosate mm-hmm. and various toxins. So we yes. don't know what's the cause and what's the association, but I do believe all these things are contributing. And, you know, we have mothers giving kids iPads to entertain them. And, you know, so there's gadgets that women are putting in their vagina that, are, uh, that have got Wi-Fi so they can, you know, play music to the baby. I mean, there's uh, remote-controlled Wi-Fi vibrators that the women can use. I mean... There's a onesies that they put little Wi-Fi on to measure the baby's heart rate so the mother doesn't have to go pick the baby up to see how it's doing. I mean, this is scary. What's it going to do to our next generation? Well, one of the – it's quite interesting because one of the very common symptoms – as I said, there are, you know, I don't know, several hundred symptoms altogether from electro-hypersensitivity. One of the most common ones, certainly one I had, was um, heart arrhythmia. And so um, it's very reasonable to assume that um, electromagnetic pollution is going to cause problems um, with, with, with the heart, the most powerful 
electrical signal in our body is is a heartbeat and uh that that is the the big one to be quite seriously affected and i had it most of my life and would wake up very often with a with a big pulse um from my heart um after it hadn't been beating for a while but to be honest since i've sorted my electromagnetic environment i i, I really don't have it at all now my heart beats absolutely regular Yes, heartbeat is one of the main symptoms, along with glucose metabolism disruption. I'm told that if you get near dirty electricity, that your blood sugar levels can go up along with the heart rate. I mean, mm. th- these are physical symptoms. This is hard to deny, although it seems that the studies, whenever there's a study showing this possible difficulties, it's amazing how another study, uh, funds, funding source unknown, comes out to confuse the issue or diffuse the yes, issue. Yes, yes, what we're supposed to do, according to industry, um, and it's the same lobbyists that uh, defended the tobacco industry, according to them, we're supposed to average results so that if there are three studies which say there's no effect and there's one study that there is an effect, um, then we're supposed to average it all out and say, well, actually, you know, it's not, there's no real effect. But imagine if you're on Treasure Island and the captain says to his these sailors right go out and find is the black spot go and find the treasure and one comes back and says i found the treasure and he said oh no we're going to average the results there's no treasure you know what i mean it's just nonsense yes you, it is you can't um, proceed like that so how does somebody know if they're electrosensitive we all are but fundamentally biologically we are sensitive at uh, one definition of electrosensitivity we are now the more common definition is so there is a very strong interaction between um, our bodies in all these different systems, um, nerves, blood, whatever, skin, um, brain, all of that are all are all affected. Um, so we're all we're all we're all electrosensitive, but people who want who are health conscious should cut back on this this toxin and um there are many many ways you can do it are you still there yeah i hope our audience is still there we want to hear how to do it okay good 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 it all went quiet my screen changed so um the um so you mentioned dirty electricity now um so if we go through what's called the electromagnetic spectrum so the frequency from where it's absolutely there's no vibration it's all just still like the Earth's magnetic field is almost completely still, there are slight vibrations in it, but for most purposes it's completely still. And also there's something called electrostatic, so on a dry day when you touch a car body you, you get a zap. Um, that is when static electricity builds up. And then the next most important one is um, is 60 hertz in the state, 60 cycles a second. Um, that's the noise, the hum you get from your hi-fi loudspeakers when things aren't set up quite right. So that's mains hum. And you get that frequencies from pylons, from all the wiring around your house. And so that we experience that ever since you know we were born or even um, when we were growing in the womb. And um, a lot of people are, are pretty sensitive to that, although it's not as, it's not as sensitive as, as other frequencies. If you then take um, the electronics we plug into our mains, so it's all typically, you know, a power supply for charging a mobile phone, power supply for charging a laptop, the power supply inside your TV, uh, and so on. It goes on. All these little power supplies work at uh, between 30 and 70 
thousand cycles a second. So in order to make them more efficient and produce less heat and more electricity at the same tiny device, they've upped the frequency. And if they're not designed or manufactured really well, or if they develop a fault, it means they will put those signals on the mains. And that's the main cause of dirty electricity. And so that the 50 to 30 to 70,000 cycles a second is the bottom end of radio. So in other words, all the wires in your house suddenly become aerials and they radiate out at you. And that particularly disturbs your blood and gives you, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Magda Havas's work about the um, unstable um, diabetics um, that get yes. set off, get set off by dirty electricity. Now, well, can't you um, use an M-wave filter or a Stetzler filter to at least address address the dirty electricity part? Yes, you can. Um, and um, I, I've I've installed a lot of them, um, hundreds, in fact. Um, but they are not. I have <clears throat> I have uh, <clears throat> contacts with a lot of electrical engineers, and there are actually better ways of doing it now that have been developed. Um, so yes, do do use those. They are a bit hit and miss. So you'll plug them in, and you find it won't make make any difference because there are actually three causes of ele dirty electricity on those frequency bands. And one is external radio, um, and you're picking up the external radio sources. Um, and secondly, is other people's um, dirty electricity. And that's mainly from solar panels um, or car charging is, is growing. Um, so if people have got solar panels. Um, they have a kind of a thing called an inverter in the roof. It's a box of electronics which generates mains frequency um, so that you can sell your electricity. The, the, the electricity coming off your roof gets pumped into the grid and you, you, can, uh, you can get paid for that. Now, those, those uh, inverters don't make clean electricity typically unless you pay for a rather expensive one. Um, and that, again, affects not only you, but all the other people on the same loop from the substation. So, um, What people, can you do for the dirty electricity? Well, there are a range of filters, basically, elect electrical filters of different types. And Stetsas and Greenwave are but one particular, for one particular type. And they are um, very simple things. Um, electronically and they don't always they can't they're not always capable of curing the problem now my electricity provider edf is pushing to put a smart meter in my flat uh what do you think of smart meters who where do you start um a good friend of mine who lives in england he does he's, he runs something called stop smart meters uk that's a very good resource. Um, and um, basically, there are four reasons. One is that it makes a lot of dirty electricity, and mostly because they're all, they're all using the same little power supplies, and they're all connected to the grid. They kind of add up and make it all worse. So that's the first thing. Secondly is data security. It allows external people to know because of a particular signal, when you're taking a shower, when you're putting a kettle on, when you've got your lights on and when you haven't. So external um, 
not only the electricity companies, but organized crime can know when you're at home and when you're not. So that's the third thing. Fourth thing, the most important is that, like the strobe lights, so what they typically do is they use, there are different sorts, but the ones in the UK and a lot of the type in the States um, have got two transmitters. They've got one transmitter for inside the house, which tells you how much electricity you're using. And that's got one particular kind of um, characteristic pulsing. And then there's another transmitter which sends the data back to the utility um, through a network um, of uh, towers, um, which tells the utility how much electricity you are using. And um, that is the one which has got a stronger signal. And it's um, in London, it goes tick, 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 night and day. Uh, 365 days a year and the problem is with that it's like Chinese water torture the actual signal itself is short-lived and it's not massively powerful but just like Chinese water torture it will it will get you so you need to shield yourself if if a neighbor gets one you need to shield yourself from it and you know and you and this you can um, most electricity companies now are sympathetic to those people who say they don't want a, a, a smart meter. Well, when I spoke to EDF, they sounded like they thought I was kind of nuts about that. Why don't you tell us how we can protect ourselves and how do we do safe tech? Uh, you know, tell us about your clothing. Tell us, I mean, some people paint the walls. You mentioned Faraday cages. I mean, obviously, it depends how aware we are of our sensitivity to it. Uh, so tell us how to protect ourselves. Okay, so you need to make sure that you're not triggered. So that if you're a really, really sensitive person who's having a hard time with a lot of heavy symptoms, you need to get a, a, a good, strong level of protection. Um, whereas if you've got milder symptoms and you're not triggered, uh, you're only triggered when you're in a really bad level of electrosmog like a commuter train or something like that, then you can probably, as long as while you're sleeping, um, you've got a really, really low level, then you should be able to keep okay, keep your, your, your symptoms in check. However, those people who are health conscious for themselves and for their families um, should consider that electrosmog is very aging. And it, it's aging because of a particular effect on the blood, that the red blood cells are kept apart by an electronic charge. So it's um, an ele electric, electronic, electrical process that allows our blood to flow freely so that our, our sticky red cells are kept apart in the blood serum. And so that when they enter um, a capillary, which is only just big enough to let a red, these rather large blood, red, red cells in, um, if, if two are stuck together and they're trying to get in, the thing blocks up. So that particular areas like lining of the gut, the, ret the retinas um, and all of that kind of stuff, where there's a lot of regrowth of cells um, on almost a daily basis, um, those tend to clog up and they don't get replaced. And therefore, those systems begin to fail um, as you get older. Um, so uh, if you want to keep young and, 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 and beautiful and, and healthy and all that kind of stuff, cut your electrosmog. Tell us how to do this. 
Okay, well, so I, I started off, I was talking about statics, electrostatics, magnetostatics, then I talked about mains frequency, um, and then I talked about dirty electricity frequencies, the bottom of radio. But then radio over the years, so it started out in the 1910, 1920s, um, a very a rather low frequency radio, so-called long wave. Um, and then it, as time has gone on, they've been able to develop the electronics to make faster and faster um, frequencies. And so that um, microwaves, for instance, are gigahertz. So we all know about gigabytes as in terms of computer memory, but these are gigahertz. So that's a thousand million cycles a second. So they've got some pretty, pretty smart technology there these days in mobile phones um, that, that allows waves to be produced that quickly. And what that will mean is that a lot of um, information can be carried on those waves. And also, as I spoke to earlier, they don't go very far so that phones from different cities don't um, interfere with each other. Now, um, the good news is that you, um, the microwave frequencies are near enough to light frequencies to behave quite like light, so they can be reflected. So if you put a sheet of aluminium up and you put your mobile phone one side of it, you won't get a signal the other side because the, the microwaves will not go through. So the other thing is that other things reflect so that if you've got reflective surfaces, so if a fridge happens to be behind you and that reflects back as well, that will send out um, signals from your mobile phone um, and scatter them. And so they'll be reflected off lots of different things. And so therefore, if you want to make a really good, I mean, there are situations where there's one big um, transmitter um, on one side. Um, so the case where you've got people working by a, an airport radar or something. So this is a very, very powerful thing. You shield, you shield one wall, one side facing the transmitter, and you'll see a massive reduction in microwave energy in the office. But typically, say people living in, in cities, like particularly flats, from all six sides, below, above, and all four points of the compass, you will see other people's Wi-Fi, other people's cordless phones, um, cell towers, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's a great bit. That's why it's called electro smog, because there's so many different sources now. So you really need to shield, um, and in all six sides of your of your bedroom, and to a lesser extent where you spend time in your office, your um, or where you sit down and watch telly, or sit around in the kitchen and eat, and that kind of thing. Um, and the general reckoning for where you really need to consider is anywhere you spend more than four hours a day. Um, so, for particularly for the bedrooms then you shield all the walls now you can paint um, the paint is black um, or dark gray and and you need two coats and it needs to be on a very good um, surface because if there are cracks or you miss bits around the corners and all that sort of stuff the microwaves will leak in and then you need three coats of white on top and if it's been at all streaky then microwaves will come in through the thin bits of paint. So I recommend instead wallpaper. And uh, so if you put wallpaper up, you, you're guaranteed on its thickness. 
Um, you have to connect across the sheets um, and read my website on how to do it. Um, and then I have a reflective layer first. And then once you've, once you've curated six sides of your, of your bedroom, is all reflective. You have to be careful that any leak, they always get some tiny leakage of signals coming in, that those signals will just bounce off each other. These are the walls, signals will bounce off opposite walls and you get what's called internal reflection. And you don't want that. That's very um, upsetting for sensitives. Um, and so that I recommend, in, um, you, you can buy it off my website, a specialist uh, paper that was developed for the purpose, it actually absorbs microwaves. So it's like the acoustic equivalent will be putting um, carpet up on the wall. So any waves that hit the wall just get absorbed and damped away. Um, and so therefore you have a, then you end up with a very, very quiet environment. Now, when it comes to windows, um, you can either put curtains up. And so the lining of your curtains can be a bit like a neck curtain stuff. There's some um, silver based um, materials they're very expensive. Um, they look quite nice. They tend to go a bit brown after the time because the silver corrodes. Um, I prefer stainless steel. So all the materials we've got on our website are stainless steel because it's cheaper and because you can get the density of, of the tiny fire, tiny filaments much more because you can afford it. Um, it, it gives a it gives a, a, a very much better protection. So well, let me interject here. If we don't want black walls, or I mean, it sounds like a very heavy undertaking. What about uh, if we just wear some of the protective clothing? And I notice yours is like covering the important body uh, parts. You know, I could be a t-shirt and shorts, and maybe a, a beanie for the head. But let's make a diversion into telling people some other things they can do. For example. Uh, using a cell phone in uh, any kind of metal metal enclosure, such as an elevator, a car, a train, a plane, uh, it means your head is the antenna, which is risky. But it's even more risky when it's moving. So you go you're going from a cell tower to cell tower. You've got points where it's weak and searching for a signal. So using a cell phone in a moving vehicle is a risk. Also, if you look at your devices, it'll say, I mean, the iPads used to say, keep them eight inches away from you. So distance is your friend. I also understand if you do use earphones, you don't want a metal wire because that's just bringing a signal away to your head. You need earphones filled with air. So distance is your friend. It sounds like we need to keep it away from us at night so we get that restorative time. Uh, what else would you like to add, Guy? Oh, there's lots. There's lots. So let's look at the air tube headsets. So the, the headsets you're talking about um, are modified, say, in their design. So there's a wire up to the dongle. The dongle's got the microphone. It's got the on-off switch, just like a normal one. But it's also got the loudspeaker in it. And the loudspeaker, then, the noise from the loudspeaker goes up an air tube, just an open tube, um, to a, an earpiece, which is just a dumb piece of plastic that fits your ear. Um, and the great thing about the, earlier, you mentioned acoustic neuromas, which is um, cancer of the nerve to your ear. I have one. I know all about them. Yes. Okay. So the most damaging, so uh, the most, what appears to be the most damaging frequency of all is acoustic frequency, i.e. sound frequency, but magnetic, magnetic frequency. Acoustic frequency magnetic fields are the worst. 
Now, when you have an earpiece in your ear, it means that you've got acoustic frequency, magnetic fields right by your acoustic nerve. So that's another reason. It's not only the microwaves going traveling up the wire to your head, it's also avoiding acoustic neuromas. So would you recommend against the air earpieces? No, no, I was just saying they're very important to use. You must. Okay. I'd also so, so, like I'd also yeah, like so, to point out that Innocente Marcellini in Italy, he won a Supreme Court case that they said his brain tumor was caused by his use of cell phone. The government decided that. So I just wanted to let you know. Uh, anyway, um, let's see. Okay, we're coming down sort of to the end. We've got four minutes left. So, Guy, yeah. I would like you to summarize and let people know how to get a hold of you. Okay, so I run a website called Beneficial Environments. So if you Google Beneficial Environments, there are videos there. There are different resources. There's a shop for equipment. Um, and there's a way of just contacting me if you want to ask me questions. Um, and I'm very happy to do that. Now, uh, the and I do surveys that my, my core business is going around um, surveying um, because there are so many different sources of electromagnetics that if I can be there and measure with my equipment, then that's um, very, very useful. Now, um, we don't have any natural uh, senses for detecting either low frequency or high frequency. And on my website, there are two meters that I thoroughly recommend. They, they're very robust. You put them in your pocket and you can't make a mistake with them. There are some there are some cheaper meters around, um, but they are difficult to use, and you can easily make mistakes with them. These the two on my website are the ones to use. That's that. Um, be careful how you use all technology. For instance, blenders, anything with a powerful motor, vacuum cleaners. Make sure that you are um, about at least a foot away from them. So don't carry your vacuum cleaner around when it's on. Don't um, don't stand close to your blender when you when you're using it in the morning. Lots of health conscious people do that and zap themselves pretty badly for, for the start to the day. Um, and there are there's an ebook with all this information in that's free that you can download off off my uh, website. So I, I recommend that as well. Um, so there's there's two sides to this. One is building protection in your life so that you don't have to get the everyday exposure and the other thing is um, electromagnetic uh, hygiene so that when you're using technology you actually minimize your exposure so it means always use a wired computer switch your wi-fi off um, you can even the latest version of ios in other words iphones and ipads you can use ethernet so you can plug um, and it's on my website how to do it you can plug them in and use them wired um, and so you haven't got the Wi-Fi. It's the it's the Wi-Fi transmitter that is by far the worst electrosmog part of using an iPad. Yes, and also distance is our friend. I mean, in the cell phones, very hidden. You've got to go through several layers. It does say to keep it at least, uh, you know, uh, uh, eight tenths of a centimeter away from your head i mean most people put yes. it up to their ear and i cringe because there's a lot of people getting brain tumors from that so distance is your friend pra practice okay so what, on um on in terms of um smartphones there are 
there are five different transmitters. So switch off position, switch off forging. I, I have to interrupt here because we're coming to an end. And women, don't put it in your bras. I mean, there's bras that will hold these puppies. But there's a lot of women that are getting these highly unusual tumors from the cell phone put in their bra. We're coming to a close. So I want the audience to investigate this, do what they do it, you know, share the information, do your research so you can help yourself and others, and be well. We got the power to change the world. Thank you for listening. Occupy Health with Dr. Susan Downs can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Here's to better health for you this week.